0: So welcome to Ask the Expert, a brief, informative, and lively discussion with experts in type 1 diabetes and related interdisciplinary research. We're recording the event. We're going to post it on the Sugar Science Site YouTube channel shortly after the presentation. If you have any questions for our guests, please feel free to enter them in the chat or raise your hand at the end of the presentation. And today we have our as our guest, uh, Dr. Uh, Austin Lefebvre coming from... Uh, UC Irvine. I understand he's a newly minted PhD, so congratulations. And I'm going to also share that they, uh, he and his mentor and PI in the laboratory, Dr. Michelle Digman, are here with us. They have um, released a new Nature Methods paper, August 2021, which is pretty exciting. It's augmented uh, automated segmentation and tracking of mitochondria in live cell time-lapse images. And they introduce a tool called the mitometer. It's an algorithm for fast, unbiased, and automated segmentation and tracking of mitochondria in live two, I mean live cell 2D and 3D time-lapse images. And it's really kind of interesting. Uh, they use this mitometer in context of triple negative breast cancer and showed that the mitochondria actually move faster, they're more directional and more elongated than those in their receptor-positive counterparts. So why are we interested in this? Well, because in type 1 diabetes, there's been a lot of discussion about what is the role of mitochondria in beta cells, um, you know, during the uh, dysfunction of uh, the beta cell in autoimmune diabetes. And so this seems like it could be a really interesting tool to explore that. So, Welcome, um, Austin. Um, would you like to, you know, give us a little introduction about what uh, about your work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, Monica. That's actually I think the first time anyone's introduced me as a doctor. So thank you for that. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to try basically today to kind of talk about the work that I've done in graduate school. The main focus of it being on, you know, this phenotypic investigation of mitochondria in cancer but also extending that research kind of to how these organelles uh, might be dysregulated or cause dysregulation in diabetes. And so maybe I can, I can get started here on some intro slides. So, you know, as I'm sure everyone here knows, um, diabetes can lead to dysregulated glucose levels and um, actually hyperglycemia can lead to oxidative stress uh, within the cells. And so, you know, this, this oxidative stress can cause a lot of damage in cells. It can damage organelles and eventually, you know, lead to cell death. Um, and, you know, mitochondria are primarily known as obviously this, this powerhouse of the cell, right? Regulating metabolism and uh, generating the energy that the cell needs to function, which in itself, um, you know, it's like this regulation can lead to the diseases like cancer or diabetes um, or obesity. But, you know, another crucial feature that the mitochondria are responsible for is uh, generating oxygen or uh, oxidative stress via uh, reactive oxygen species. And this process actually gets upregulated in times of hyperglycemia. Uh, additionally, you know, mitochondria are very dynamic organelles, changing their shape, size, and location within the cell. Um, and are also able to, uh, you know, split apart and come back together, um, known as you know, mitochondrial fission and fusion. Um, and the dynamics of these mitochondria and how they kind of you know move around the cells and generate ROS and uh, in a spatio temporally relevant manner has been shown to be, you know, very important, but but remains kind of understudied in this field. And I'd say that the main reason for this, you know, kind of gap in research is, is the lack of uh, analysis methods for mitochondrial dynamics. Um, So we take some, some examples, for example, one of kind of tracking mitochondrial movement in cancer cells, and we look at their methods section. Uh, We, we see that they say time-lapse sequences were imported. Were you guys able to see my screen? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Um, uh, So, you know, if you look at their method section, it says time lapse sequences were imported into Fiji and individual mitochondria were manually tracked using the manual tracking plugin. Um, Similarly, if you take another example of looking at mitochondrial length in in neurons or neuronal precursor cells um, after mitosis and look at their method section, Uh, you know, they say the freehand tool in Fiji was used to manually trace the maximum length of mitochondria fragment. So obviously, you know, the, these mitochondrial, this mitochondrial research is very broadly implicated, but these methods to actually study this and, and to analyze this is, um, is lacking. And, you know, if we, we take a, a video of the first example, we can see these mitochondria moving around in these two different types of cells. And you can see that they've kind of tra- they're kind of tracking the mitochondria um, by these tracks here, kind of clicking on the mitochondria one frame at a time through the, through the time-lapse. And, you know, if you're doing an N of 100 for your study and the video is a thousand seconds at 0.1 frames per second, you know, that's a 10,000 clicks for a single condition. Um, not only that, but it's also going to be biased for specific mitochondria. So you might be following you know, mitochondria that are brighter or faster. And, of course, it's going to be user dependent, right? So everybody's going to be analyzing these mitochondria in a different way. Mm. So we wanted to basically, you know, create a method to do this in an automated way, um, in, an, in a bias-free way. And, you know, we have, you know, a, a bunch of different microscopes in our labs, I think close to 13 or 15 microscopes, something like that. And, and, you know, I wanted to look at a bunch of different conditions. And of course, you know, these mitochondria can be different shapes, complex in shape and size and, and how they move. And to be able to do that all automatic, uh, automatically is you know, a challenge in itself, which is I think why these methods are so lacking in the first place. So essentially for, for this tracking to be done, first you have to go through a segmentation process. So being able to essentially you know take this image that we see here, remove some of the background. So you can see we find the background here, remove it from the original image, um, and then basically apply a series of Gaussian filters and thresholding to essentially isolate these mitochondria and be able to have them, you know, separated from the background. And so once we have them in kind of this separated form, they're essentially what we can classify as objects that we can then track through our time series. So, you know, this, this process is a little more complicated to make everything automated, but um, this is kind of just a, a brief summary and I'm, I'm happy to dive into detail if, if anyone is curious.
0: It's Really beautiful. I Thank mean, you. just to just to look at it. I mean, it's it's uh, also full of data, but it's it's actually beautiful to look at.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I think this is the example I use for the cell, um, pretty much in every presentation, just because I think it's so such a nice picture. You know.
0: Yeah, it's it's um, so, it's so fascinating yeah. how dynamic they are. You know.
1: Yeah, you can even see kind of in this corner here. They're kind of undergoing the splitting process, reattaching. Some of them are moving really fast. Some slower. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how kind of complex these organelles are.
0: Yeah, no, it really is. And Mm -hmm. so you guys were able to, you, and, and in this, these, is this in the, um, uh, the breast triple negative breast cancer cells that we're looking at? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So this is a triple negative breast cancer cell. Um, I believe, uh, transduced with a mitochondrial marker essentially.
0: Okay. And then, Mm -hmm. so, you know, and how would you imagine using this in mm-hmm. a pancreatic beta cells in culture?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or even, I don't even know if you could get in vivo. I mean, what's yeah, the potential?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think as long as you can, you know, find a way to image these cells, um, it's possible to, to look at the mitochondria within them. Um, so there are plenty of stains available. I think the most common one is TMRM, which is uh, tetramethyl rhodamine ester. And essentially just it, it binds to um, within the, the mitochondria so that basically you can first off visualize them. but also the fluorescence is going to be dependent on um, the, the potential of the mitochondria. So usually, you know when these mitochondria are a bit unhealthy, they start to release this TMRM and become less fluorescent. And so you can actually also kind of quantify um, the health of the mitochondria just by looking at this intensity. Um, and of course, hopefully, run it through kind of these algorithms to look at, you know, the motion and and uh, the the morphology of these mitochondria, and maybe relate that back to some phenotypic problems that you see in type one diabetes. Uh, for example, maybe maybe some necrosis or or some apoptosis, things like that. And I think that's kind of what I was trying to do with cancer, is kind of look at how uh, you know these phen- phenotypic. phenotypically diverse mitochondria relate to kind of these more phenotypic cell you know cell wide phenotypic diversity in cancer cells um, and how maybe you can correlate those together to find some therapeutic targets um, down the line whether it be metabolic or or mitochondrial
0: yeah i like how you guys basically um you know gave a big nod to the open science movement Mm -hmm. you've got the mitomer um, programs written in matlab right in the Mm -hmm. MATLAB GUI, Mitometer app, and the corresponding source yeah. code are available as supplementary software, and then you have it all available freely on GitHub. So that's really awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and actually, I can show kind of the the GUI that I have.
0: Yeah, that would um, be great. I
1: have a slide here. So so yeah, I tried to really make it user friendly, where you know any kind of biologist that has you know their image, either two D or three D, can really just you know press these buttons, and everything is kind of automated. Um, it, it, you know, will, will show up, all of your images will show up either in the segmentation tab where you can take a look at the actual morphology of these mitochondria, um, in this tracking tab where you can take a look at, you know, the actual tracks and a histogram distribution of, um, you know, all your different parameters that you want to look at. Um, if you want to compare different groups. So here I have, you know, in blue, just kind of control cancer cells. Um, and in orange here, these cancer cells treated with, um, nocotazole, which is basically, a a microtubule, uh, depolymerization agent, which will slow down the mitochondria. And you can actually visualize that here. So this was, you know, really an attempt to kind of make it as easy as possible for any user, not just those who are familiar with coding or not just those who are familiar with, you know, um, yeah, MATLAB or, or things like that. Really anyone should be able to use it.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty <laughs> amazing. And it's, um, it's great that you, you know, you have a very easy onboarding, it looks like anyways.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so yeah. what's, uh, mm-hmm. what's next for you guys in the laboratory?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So right now I'm, I'm still doing a few experiments on kind of how these mitochondria react to, to their environment. So we have these cells that are cultured in these complex UCM conditions, things like Um, you know, hyaluronic acid. So glioblastoma cells and hyaluronic acid gels, which is, you know, very uh, kind of similar to their condition. Um, These brain tumors uh, um, in the brain, you know, kind of similar environments. Yeah. We also have um, our breast cells in these 3D collagen and gel cultures, which are more similar to kind of the breast tumor environment in vivo. Um, And we want to really see how, you know, these cells are responding to their environment. So if we, you know, target these pathways that are um, allowing these cells to contract or allowing these cells to kind of sense their environment, how is that modulating the mitochondria um, and how is that, you know, kind of modulating their invasive potential um, um, downstream to kind of be able to metastasize?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Can I also add one of the advantages to this technique is that we can make use of additional type of imaging, for example, fluorescence lifetime imaging of the Mm -hmm. mitos, which is an auto, uh, autofluorescent feature that all mitochondria have due to their Mm -hmm. NADH amounts. So we can correlate metabolic states based on the lifetime of the NADH component within the mitochondria.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And essentially this is a super powerful way to basically in vivo, you know, in live cells, be able to say these, cells or these mitochondria are upregulating oxidative phosphorylation versus their control counterparts or vice versa.
0: Yeah. And Um, you could see how this mm -hmm. could be very, very, this could be a key piece of data uh, Mm -hmm. as you sort of track the, I guess, the dysfunction, uh, Mm -hmm. onset of dysfunction in beta cells.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, actually, I just have one more GUI slide that I kind of wanted to show basically trying to make it, you know, so you can test out these different parameters as easily as you want. So this is just kind of like advanced settings where you can kind of play around with it and see if something doesn't work like automatically. You can kind of tailor the features and, and try to make it work for your data set. Um, but also, you know, it supports batch analysis. So you can take in as many images as you want and just kind of let it run in the background. Um, and it's also compatible with ImageJ. So if you're more familiar with ImageJ, you can have that open and then import your images into Mitometer. Um, and then back to image j if if you want to.
0: No, I was just gonna say how long um, were you able to sort of track the cells? Uh, yeah, so
1: I think the longest uh, video I have right now is like ten minutes, but you know it's gonna kind of depend on your cell and how how stable your fluorophore is, um, and how I guess constantly you're imaging. So you know if you're taking frames every half a second, um, you're most likely to kind of, that that fluorophore will probably start decaying, like not decaying, but, you know, not being able to fluoresce after some amount of time, uh, Mm -hmm. quite a bit quicker than, you know, if you were taking one image every 10 seconds, let's say.
0: And for these Um, data, what was your image?
1: I think it was um, on the order of two two minutes per cell. And -hmm. that seemed to be enough to really get, you know, these strong significances and and being able to visualize these strong differences between cell types. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, every one second I was taking an image.
0: Okay. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. And so if someone has, um, it, you know, someone's really interested in the mitochondria, say for instance, in mm-hmm. some beta cells and culture or alpha cells and culture, any islet cells and culture really, mm-hmm. and they wanted to pursue this, should they just sort of reach out to you? Um, if they had mm-hmm. like questions or would you guys would be interested in a collaboration? What are, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that?
1: yeah i mean i'm always happy to help with you know any problems that people run into with the software and you know as long as they can find someone or you know even if if they're close by come to us for like imaging of these cells that's i think not a problem because it's really just kind of as as long as you can get these cells imaged with a mitochondrial label you should be able to run this software no problem so hopefully basically I i tried to make that not so much of the bottleneck anymore yeah if that makes sense. well it
0: appears you succeeded this is a really <laughs> a major um you know a major contribution with this methodology
1: yeah i and appreciate that
0: yeah for sure it's really i mean it's it's really really great and to get this sort of like out there in nature methods is is <laughs> is a really a great feather in your cap as you go out into the Uh, postdoc world is there any are there any questions from anyone else in the audience you can feel free to uh, throw something in the chat or just to unmute yourself and ask I have a question I was wondering how this might do with something like islets that are multicellular Mm -hmm. and trying to see you know something that is more than just one cell thick I guess Mm.
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, I think with multicellular, it's fine as long as you can get a good enough resolution for your imaging. I guess it, it depends on how you want to analyze your data. So, for example, for all, of my, for all of my data collection, I tried to collect, you know, a single cell in the field of focus and basically analyze the mitochondria there and then pull all of that data together to make kind of one group. Um, but of course, you can also do, you know, like one big frame with a lot of different cells in plane of focus um, and just kind of average all the mitochondria within there. Uh, but obviously, the only drawback with that is that you'll probably have to increase your resolution, which will increase your imaging time most of the time and essentially kind of either slow down the time between frames. So you might not get as good of a temporal resolution. You might not get as good of a spatial resolution than if you kind of zoomed into to one cell. But again, that's gonna be all cell type dependent and, um, and, and really kind of depend on your system. So it will take a little bit of tailoring the microscopy aspect to, to, your, to your data set and to your cell, cell type.
0: Yeah, okay, thanks.
1: Mm. Yeah, thanks.
0: Is there anyone else who'd like to pose a question for Austin while we've got him here on the line? Okay. Well, uh, that was great. I, Austin, this is really just a, a great system. Thank you so much for sharing uh, it with us and walking us through it. And I am hoping that uh, we're going to introduce you to some folks that are over in Europe who are really quite interested in um, microscopy and, and tracking some of the organelles in beta cells. So I think um, I can't wait to hear what happens or what comes from those um, discussions. Cause I think uh, there's something really, there's really something really powerful here. So thank you again. <clears throat> and I'm going to yeah, stop. Thank our, you. And, and thank you uh, to Dr. Digman as well for joining us. I'm going to stop recording.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Monica, for thank having you. us.
0: Thank you so much.